Hey everyone, Artisan here, or Carlos, or whatever you know me as. So there is now TikTok content for Ulterior. I've decided to go ahead and try to at least utilize TikTok uh, to the best of my abilities. What are those abilities? I have no fucking idea. As of right now, I have one TikTok uploaded and it is just an introduction thing, not really different from what I normally do here. Uh, maybe just like a little bit more personal, but not not anything too deep. Uh, the plan is right now is to push out uh, like retro reviews on TikTok. So I, I I want to have a space where I can talk about albums from the past, whether that be like five years ago, 10 years ago, 25 years ago. Uh, ideally, that was like something that I wanted to do with the podcast, but I just do not have the time for that. And I like the idea of the podcast being dedicated to contemporary music. It just, to me, it looks better, like, when I look at the, the feed of this podcast on Spotify. And, you know, that's just a personal preference. But uh, that's why I think that's the direction I want to go in on TikTok. Uh, I don't know at what point will there ever be content that, like, uh, you know, expresses myself in front of a camera. Uh, not that I'm uncomfortable with that in any way. It's just I don't really know what kind of placement that would have with the direction of ulterior or at least the direction that i want the whole platform and brand to go into so at least for the foreseeable future uh do not ask me to do any Fortnite dances or do that like collaboration thing where i'm talking on one side of the screen and there's another person on the other side i don't know the actual term for that you need to give me some like time and space to actually figure out tiktok because i wasn't using it before a couple days ago so yeah that's kind of all i really had to say about like any bit of, um, you know, update with the brand itself. Uh, for this episode, we only have two records, uh, but they are two of the most fascinating releases of the entire year for different reasons. Uh, one of them comes from Knocked Loose, and the other is going to be from Ice Nine Kills. And then for singles, we've got releases from the likes of Chase Atlantic, Whitechapel, Alistic, Bloodbather, Kane Hill, and a couple of others that I'm going to get into. So, yeah, thanks everyone. Enjoy this chapter. The biggest of fucking shoutouts in the world to the band Lost Trees for allowing me to use the instrumental version of their song Morai for the intro and outro to the show from now on. Uh, like seriously, they did not have to do that. I'm just some random weirdo who is into that song and I thought, hey, the instrumental version is really cool. Let me go ahead and see if I can use it for the show. And they said yes for whatever reason. So, you know, if you guys are listening to this right now, Lost Trees, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh, everyone else, you can go ahead and follow them. It is Lost Trees FL on both Twitter and Instagram. And also stream the Waking Life EP. It just celebrated its one year release. Uh, you can find that on Spotify and all streaming services. Just look up Lost Trees Waking Life. Very, very good EP. Very good throwback to the kind of metalcore and post hardcore that I was so head over heels for when I was younger and in my adolescence. So yeah, if that's something you're into, go ahead and check it out. I don't have that much in news to cover for this chapter outside of the actual releases from last week, so I'm going to go ahead and just get right into the reviews. 
And for this chapter, I'm going to change up the format. I'm doing things differently for right now. Uh, normally, I start with the singles and I go into the records. I'm going to start with a record and then move into the singles and then finish off with another record. And I want to do that because there are only two records. And so I feel like it's appropriate to bookend this episode with those two releases. Uh, so this was a... Well, okay, it was meant to be a surprise drop. And to an extent, it was... There were some people on Twitter who had knowledge about this beforehand, and, you know, the way the algorithm works on Twitter, unless you, like, block or mute everybody who's into this shit, you can't really avoid certain things. So, this was something that, like, one aspect of this release I was kind of spoiled on, but then, when it actually did drop, there was this piece of media attached to it that I was not expecting, I didn't see coming, I don't think anyone did, and the way that this video enhances the listening experience is something that I think everybody needs to go out of their way to check out. So I'm going to go ahead right now and start this chapter with the brand new EP from Knocked Loose called A Tear in the Fabric of Life. One of the facets of Knocked Loose's act that I will not be diving into for this chapter is what genre they are. Because everybody has some variation of an answer. I personally do not give a fuck if Knocked Loose are metalcore or hardcore or some core um, amalgamation. All I know is that Knocked Loose are fucking incredible. And in my opinion, one of the most important, most defining heavy bands of the last five years or so for them to have made the kind of impact in the scene that they have in such a short amount of time it's not necessarily unprecedented but every time it happens i think it's completely remarkable and knocked loose have taken themselves to a level that bands with their sound don't normally get to and not once have they ever tried compromising their identity or their sound to appease any kind of a fan base outside of their own. They are so dedicated to the people who show love and admiration for them, and I think it is fucking beautiful the like connection that Knocked Loose has to those who are willing to go out of their way to support them and spread the word about them and just, you know, be these courteous fans. So Knocked Loose's run throughout the pandemic up to this point has been kind of quiet uh, in certain areas. There wasn't really much activity from them until they performed a live stream show back in May. And then they are on tour right now. So, you know, they are kind of getting back going into like a nice swing of things. Uh, but there wasn't really anything about a potential new record or, you know, just anything to give us for new material in the realm of Knocked Loose. Uh, and then maybe like a week ago, a little more than that. Uh, their social media kind of started to be cleared out. And as we in the scene have all come to know by this point, when a band or band members' pages, you know, become wiped or they start uploading these like little cryptic things, you can expect something to be happening soon. So I see these, you know, little hints from Knocked Loose and my mindset is, okay, we're going to get a single. That was all I was thinking about, a single. I didn't think that there was going to be anything beyond that in the immediate future not one second in any of this did I believe 
there was going to be a surprise drop. And ultimately, a surprise drop is what was intended to happen for this EP. Uh, but there were some Twitter accounts that had information beforehand and went ahead and posted about it. They posted a December 6th release date for the EP. Uh, Knocked Loose went ahead and DM'd one of the accounts and asked them to take the information down because it was inaccurate. I might be wrong on this, but I believe that December 6th date is the release of the vinyl pressings. Again, I could be wrong, but I think that is what that date is actually for, not the digital release of the EP. So, you know, that was kind of debunked, but then one of the accounts, I don't remember which one, but one of them tweeted this little, like, like teasing thing that you could fit the words knocked loose into, and it said, six song EP this week. Something to that extent. So, you know, the actual release of the EP itself was spoiled, and that does suck, honestly. Uh, I don't think it's necessarily cool what those accounts are doing when it comes to, like, leaking release plans that bands have for their shit. Uh, you know, but I have followed them in the past. I think I still do follow one of them. So I'm not here to tell anybody what to do with that stuff. So I did know ahead of time that there would be a six song EP out from Knocked Loose last week, but I did not know that there would be a full length animated film slash music video attached to it. I want to stress right now that any other week of this show that would not be this week, this film is the thing that I would be gushing over the most. It is fucking incredible, phenomenal, outstanding. There are not enough words for me to be able to find and accurately describe just how deeply this resonated with me. The film is entirely in black and white. The characters are these just like strange abstract characters that don't even look like they resemble humans outside of like a certain body structure. Uh, the way that the moments in the film are connected and line up perfectly with moments in songs, everything about the, you know, film for a tear in the fabric of life is the kind of stuff that like if I was in a band myself, this is something that I would dream of doing. There is a real story connected to the film and the EP itself. That story being about a guy getting into a car accident that takes the life of his partner. And then we see the aftermath of this person just like spiraling into this realm of absolute fucking darkness. Uh, aesthetically and visually, I would say that to some extent, the film reminds me of this video game from like 10 years ago, it was called Limbo. Uh, if anybody knows what I'm talking about, like that whole black and white and supernatural feel to it, like that is what a tear in the fabric of life kind of looks like to me. Uh, there was this uh, Instagram post that Brian Garris, the vocals of Knock Loose, made, and I want to read it uh, off real quick. Writing lyrics always comes with its natural challenges, but this time it was a brand new experience. I took myself way out of my comfort zone and set a goal for myself that I often questioned if I'd be able to achieve. To write a story that's consistent and linear throughout the duration of a record was something I found far-fetched and beyond that, writing about something I couldn't personally relate to wasn't something I planned on capitalizing on. But through this project, I reached deep into myself and found so much personal trauma and grief to touch on. Through this story, I have included so much of myself that it has proved to be far more therapeutic than any Knock Loose release so far. 
I always strive to be genuine and vulnerable in my music, and this has become my most honest piece of work yet. I know people can consume heavy music without ever diving into lyrical content, but if you're someone who values that part of this project, thank you. I'm grateful to be able to share a part of myself. I don't believe that there has been an instance so far on this show where I have asked any listener to watch a music video. Uh, I think even on projects that I've been like so heavily invested in the videos for, like with Don Broco or I Sign Kills or even Bill Murray for that matter, I, I think I suggested watching the videos, but in my mind I was thinking like, if I can get anyone to just listen to the songs, that works just as well. And there was a car. This always fucking happens. Uh, there's another fucking car, dude. Holy shit. I, I've got to move at some point. Uh, where was I going with that? Oh, videos. Right. Um, I, I never asked anybody to list or watch videos. I never said it is like a requirement to watch these videos that are attached to these songs. But with a f- tear in the fabric of life, I am saying that you don't get the full experience unless you watch the music video slash film to go along with these songs. Like, the album is up on streaming services right now, so yes, in theory, it is totally possible for your first experience with A Tear in the Fabric of Life to be through just the music, and if that's the route you go, at least you listen to it, okay? But I am saying, if you've got the time, 21 minutes or whatever it is, watch this film. It is fucking mind-blowing and just this incredible work of art that extends beyond anything that I ever believed Noctis were capable of, and I already thought they were capable of the world. That is the last I will mention of the film for this review, because I want everything else about it to be secretive to those who have not seen it yet, so I don't want to be the one that spoils anything about it. Uh, to get into the actual music and the material on A Tear in the Fabric of Life, the record opens with Where the Light Divides the Holler, and you have the intro to the film integrated into the song, but then when it goes straight into the music, you're just met with this insanely brutal wall of music, or wall of sound rather, that like it just pierces every portion of of your of your cranium and just the way that it serves its intention of reminding you, like, hey, this is knocked loose. They never fucking went anywhere. They are still the band you think they are. They are still who they wore on Laugh Trucks. They are still who they wore on A Different Shade of Blue. And you are getting everything that this band is excelling at in one spot. Those moments where Brian kind of takes a backseat and just allows the instrumentation to build himself up for when he eventually does come back in, those moments are massively executed. Knocked Loose are made up of some of the most talented musicians in the scene right now. Everybody understands what they bring to the table and like what they need to contribute to make a song like Where Light Divides the Holler the exceptional and outstanding opening song it needed to be for this record. The second track, God Knows, is, as of this recording, my favorite song on the entire EP. I think that song kind of best encapsulates the whirlwind that Knocked Loose generally take all of its listeners through with every single one of their songs. Just the the constant changes of the riffs and like everything that's going on in the background from Brian's vocals and even like the screams themselves on this song switch things up every once in a while and you are never one, at least for me personally, like I was never once bored with this song. I wasn't bored at any point in the EP but I'm kind of explaining with God Knows in particular like I could not catch my breath listening to this track. 
there's a moment that comes like maybe midway through it, I think, that there's a riff that sounds like it's kind of a nod to Counting Worms and that main riff in Counting Worms that's just like picking the the where the tuning pegs are. I don't really know what that part of the guitar is called, but that is kind of what it sounds like is happening on God Knows. And I just thought that was a really, really cool touch to the track. Force to Stay is almost like a tribute to melodic death metal in some of the instrumentation choices that were made here. It's fast-paced in a different way compared to everything else on the EP, I think, and it, it's able to craft its own unique identity, and that's one of the things I love the most about Knock Loose, and I think I've said this before uh, on this show, there are some heavy bands out there that I do enjoy their music, but I have some trouble distinguishing songs within their catalog from each other because they incorporate a lot of the same elements into all their tracks, whereas with Knock Loose, I'm able to sense these identifiers to pick, like, okay, this is that song, this is that song, and not once am I ever confused with that process. Um, and the other thing about Force to Stay is it closes with this really, really, like, slow, atmospheric, brooding section, and when you watch the music video, or in the film, I mean, uh, well, it's a music video. When you watch the film slash music video, it makes a lot more sense, like, what that part of the song does, and again, I don't want to, like, go too deep into the video, because I want everyone to be able to experience it for themselves, and go through all that, like, without any spoilers, but that is the placement of Force to Stay on this record, and I think it is absolutely magnificent. And then something of like an opposing force happens in the ending moments of Contorted in the Fail, whereas where I said Force to Stay, it's like kind of slow and brooding, whereas Contorted in the Fail's outro is just so chaotic and indistinguishable at times, and it's just like, it. it's very, very hard to really understand what's happening, and that does add to like the creepy atmosphere set by A Tear in the Fabric of Life, but it's another element to this EP that I really, really appreciated, and I, by that point in it, I was like, this is god-fucking-tier shit, man. Knocked Loose are one of the coolest fucking bands I've ever had the privilege of listening to, and that's not just in recent memory, I'm, I'm talking history right now. Knocked Loose are up there, they are that fucking band, man. Return to Passion, it's a very short song, and it just kind of feels like Knocked Loose winning a pissing contest against every other band that has a similar metalcore slash hardcore sound that the band goes for. And then the closing track, Permanent, that song is out of this world. Like, the way that that song kind of brings everything from A Tear in the Fabric of Life together, and then just, like, kind of throws it into a garbage disposal. I know that doesn't really make any sense, and it kind of sounds like I'm attaching some negative connotation to the song, but really... I am admiring the beauty in this song's and really this whole EP's destruction and the way that, like what Brian had said, where it's like he can't really relate to the material that he wrote about, but it still brought something out of him. That's kind of what I think is happening with the listening experience on this record. Even if you are not into heavy music yourself, I think there's a chance you can listen to A Tear in the Fabric of Life and feel something through this you're not just going to hear like screaming and this heavy instrumentation all the way through like there there's a lot of substance here that i think people who don't even fuck with heavy music or metalcore or hardcore whatever you want to call it they can like become emotionally attached to and that is one of the many crowning achievements of this ep and the fact that knocked loose were able to pull this off like seemingly under the radar, I don't know how many people actually knew that they were recording something like this. 
or like the concept behind it, but having the finished product, the film and the EP in hand, I can definitively say that Knocked Loose are like inching closer and closer and closer to being one of my favorite bands of all time. At, at the very least right now, they're one of my favorite bands in the last couple of years, but that all time gap, it, it's closing right now in favor of Knocked Loose. And I, I feel so lucky to be able to sit here and tell you guys that I am a fan of this band and I am so appreciative of everything that they've given us. And I want it to be known. Like I, I feel like knocked loose might be the most important band in heavy music right now. I'm not saying they're the best. I'm just saying their contributions feel like they could be so pivotal in the future in terms of not just establishing a foundation for themselves beyond what they've already been able to do, but also just breathing life into these other acts and inspiring new acts to take on this kind of sound, these daring concepts like the film for A Tear in the Fabric of Life. And like this could be some revolutionary shit that this band ends up doing if they haven't already been doing that this whole time. That was kind of cool, wasn't it? Starting off with a record instead of singles. Uh, but like I said before, there's only one record left, so I'm going to go ahead and save that for the end. And right now, we'll finally get into the singles. And the first one I want to talk about is only the second single from this artist so far. Yet, the like the creativity that she is showing with all of her projects, this is something to take like real fucking notice of right now. Uh, it is called Piano, and it is by Alisic. Without making it sound like I am boiling down Alisic's whole existence to just one facet of her life, the reason that I do know of her is because she is married to Ollie Sykes. That being said, she has the real potential to just like branch away from that title and give herself this identity in music that is like of like super pop star caliber in my opinion. She had a single, I don't remember exactly when it came out, but it was called Like, and I thought it was fucking outstanding. And then somehow piano is even better in my opinion. It, it, it's very much like pop oriented. At the same time, it has these like little inklings of alternative that you can pick up in the production and the instrumentation and the vocal delivery on the part of Elisic. And the chorus itself, it has this like stop and start feel going for it. And like the way that that concept is executed, I think is done perfectly. And the way that like, so the song is called Piano, and the way that the piano is actually incorporated into it, it feels like so seamless and clean, and Alistic's delivery in and of itself is like that of a, a superstar and somebody who has so much prowess in what she's doing and isn't somebody who is just starting. Alistic fucking delivered everything she needed to with this track. I am so, like, so head over heels for piano, I think. It is the kind of a song that can like really, really help someone's career, especially when they're just starting, basically. Um, I, I want more big things coming for Elistic. Uh, I want Piano to kind of be the face of that push for her towards the top of superstardom. 
And yeah, I just, I, I might be running out of things to say, but like, I really, really fucking enjoy piano. The final single from Don Broco before the release of Amazing Things this Friday, October 22nd, is for Endorphins. This band has actually had a pretty difficult time with the rollout of Amazing Things. So it was initially supposed to be out on September 17th, uh, but there were going to be some issues getting the physical copies in time. So they went ahead and delayed it to October 22nd with the intention of having people be able to choose on that day whether they listen to the album digitally or through their physical copy that they would have received by that point. Uh, and then they were told the physical copies are going to be uh, it's going to take a lot longer than they anticipated to get them. I think like sometime in January is when they're expected. And Don Broker were given the option to delay the digital release to January, but they decided they're going to go ahead and release it on October 22nd. So that is good news. Uh, we will be able to hear the record this week. Very, 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 very excited for it. Um, I think I've gone on this spiel before on this show, but Don Broco are, are one of my favorite bands of all time. I, do not believe they've ever missed with anything they've done. They are, to me, the definition of a perfect band. And on that same note, I believe Endorphins is a perfect single. A another perfect single from this band that has done nothing but every single right step they could have possibly made in the lead up to Amazing Things. Uh, so Endorphins, it does sound like it was pulled straight out of Technology, which was the band's prior album from 2018. But I say that with every positive connotation attached to that statement as possible because technology is a fucking banger of a record and Endorphins carries over all of the right elements from that record. Uh, it, it's like kind of not really like electronic or industrial based by any means, but the production kind of like brings that sort of a blanket over this alternative sound that Don Broco have kind of mastered by this point. Um, it, it's like a controlled chaos in a lot of ways and the, the way that Don Broco are able to take something that is like kind of like it, it sounds like it's disintegrating before our very ears and to take that and make like this really, really catchy melody out of it. That is a characteristic that like you can't teach. That's just something that comes so naturally to these guys. And I am so fucking blessed dude, to be able to have a band like Don Broco in my life. And I legitimately cannot wait to get on the show next week and go on and on and on about amazing things because I really, really have no doubt that it is going to be a top-notch quality release that could have a definitive impact with how I view music this year. The band that seemingly never sleeps, Chase Atlantic, they are just constantly putting out new shit, and I am so grateful for that. Uh, they dropped the new single that, as of right now, is, well, sort of attached to something, but also not really. Uh, the song is called Escort. When I say this is and isn't attached to anything as of right now, what I mean is that both uh, the artwork for Escort as well as Omami oh from back in June they have the words 
Beauty and Death Deluxe written on them. Um, so there is going to be a deluxe edition of that record at some point. I don't know when it'll be. So that's what I mean by like, there is a project this is attached to, but then there's also not. Um, so, uh, Escort is a, a fucking banger and, and a half like every other Chase Atlantic song ever made has been. Um, it kind of has like this, like, almost like a somber feel to the way that it's structured and laid out, but like, it still has every bit of like emo wariness and dread that Chase Atlantic sprinkled throughout all their songs, just immaculately, in my opinion. Uh, very, very catchy, very heartfelt, just another incredible outing from this band that has never once disappointed me in their entire careers. And I don't know when that'll ever happen or if it'll ever happen. Actually, no, fuck that. It'll never happen. Chase Atlantic will never, ever let me down, no matter what. Another brand new single from the upcoming Whitechapel record called Kin out on October 29th. The song is Orphan. This is exactly the kind of shit that I was hoping for to hear more out of Whitechapel coming out of um, the Valley from back in 2019. This song, it's carried by the just amazing vocals of Phil Bozeman and the effectiveness of his cleans, which I think I said this before when I talked about Lost Boy a couple weeks ago. Um, I don't think anybody ever knew that Phil had this in him prior to the Valley. And the guy has just in some ways been a hidden talent even though he has been at the forefront of deathcore for however many years he was at that point uh orphan the the melodies here are fucking addictive and just so out of this world in terms of its sheer beauty while also just kind of having this like sense of uh, like just like a real demented take on everything and i think that is one of the key aspects that keeps bringing me back to Whitechapel over and over again is that blend between a beauty and just the absolute fucking malevolence of the world and there is nobody who i want to hear convey those feelings more than phil bozeman he is a fucking star Whitechapel are one of the coolest bands out there right now and all orphan does ultimately is set my expectations higher for Kin than they already were. Bloodbather dropped their brand new single called We Came and You Were Silent. That throwback sound that I've like just been enamored with on this show before with um the likes of dying wish sea space cowboy wrist meat razor put bloodbather in that same category and they've been there for a minute now i just haven't really had the chance to give them their flowers yet uh they are fucking cool man bloodbather the way that they're just kind of able to bring that energy out of themselves i think is like just immaculate and something that i wish i could see like from every band in the scene like Bloodbather are clearly just having fun doing this shit, and in turn, I myself am having fun listening to all of their work. Uh, 
they they never fucking let up with anything that they do and the song we came and you were silent it really really has like that same effectiveness to everything that it goes for um i think with this song i i'm not sure if this is actually like the start of a new cycle for bloodbather because they did have an ep the the name of it is escaping me but they had an ep probably like a year ago at this point so it kind of is time for some like new iteration of bloodbather and with we came in you were silent i i really really want this to be the overall direction for whatever it is that they're going to go into now and you know if that's the case and we get more singles and more singles like we came in you were silent and then ultimately like a record or an ep i will not be running out of good things to say about bloodbather anytime soon kane hill they be back again they be doing what they do uh, this brand new single from them is called Bleed When You Ask Me. This band's about to go on a fucking run, dude. It really does feel that way. Uh, so they had Blood and Honey dropping back in... It was either April or May, I believe. I'm, I'm confused on the day for that because it wasn't immediately on Spotify when it dropped, but that's not really the point. Uh, so the technical fault... Well, there was a single between uh, Blood and Honey and then Bleed When You Asked Me To, but that one wasn't really attached to a project, whereas these two songs are. Bleed When You Ask Me is this just really incredible, almost like new metal style journey that Kane Hill kind of puts you through. And one of the things that really stands out to me with this song is, like, I was listening to it, and I thought to myself, like, man, this band has come such a long way since the first time I heard them on Smile. I really, really like Smile, and then I thought Too Far Gone was, like, a, a, a slight regression, but not really. Uh, and then there was the, like, slower acoustic EP. I don't remember what it was called, but that was, like, this real glimpse into the the other side of Kane Hill and then kind of from there I wonder like what would this like fully fleshed out Kane Hill sound like and that's really all that we've been getting this year I think along with Blood and Honey Bleed When You Ask Me is like one of the coolest things this band has ever done I think it is kind of a masterpiece in a lot of ways and like I'm really really excited for the future of Kane Hill and I'm like eager and stoked to hear whatever is coming next from them the last single that I have to talk about for this episode in depth is the brand new single from Wolves at the Gate, Shadows. Wolves at the Gate is probably my favorite band of all time that people do not know I like. I don't know if I've ever been in a discussion with anybody, whether it be like face-to-face -face or through Discord or Twitter, whatever it may be. There's never really been an opportunity for me to tell anybody like, hey, I really, really fucking like Wolves at the Gate, but I, I guess here's my chance. Hey, I really fucking like Wolves at the Gate. And that's kind of been the case since I listened to uh, Old Depths back in like 2012 or 13, I think it was. I know that's not when it came out, but I didn't discover this band like back when they started. Um, with Shadows, I think this is like a really, really cool turn for the better. Wolves of the Gate had a single 
back in February or March of this year. It was called Stop the Bleeding, and I thought it was okay. I was a little bit let down by it, I guess, just knowing, like, the quality that this band is capable of putting out, and I didn't think that single necessarily met my expectations. Uh, whereas Shadows, it hits every little check mark that I would want a Wolves at the Gate song to hit. It kind of reminds me a lot of what this band was doing back on 5x5 in 2014, and that is like my favorite era of Wolves at the Gate. That's my favorite record of theirs. So to have a new song that kind of like channels that same energy, I'm like enamored with Shadows, and I am like fully hyped again for whatever it's going to be that Wolves at the Gate do from here on out. So briefly, just to run through the remainder of the singles I said on social media last week, I liked Vengeance by August Burns Red, Black Hole by Betraying the Martyrs, Letting Go by Empty, Brother by Eyes Wide Open, DNR by Left to Suffer featuring Will Ramos and Ricky Hoover, Identify by Profiler, Sharpen Your Teeth by Safe Face, Obsessive by Scarlett O'Hara, Holy by Siamese, if You Think This Song Is About You, It Is by This Is Your God, Don't Bring Me Down by Two Feet, Snake Eyes by Upon a Burning Body, Finesse by Varsity Featuring Notions, Ritual Hymns by Warm Shepherd, and Century and My Mental Health by Youth Foundation. So those are all the songs last week I said I liked. There were none that I didn't like, or, or not even any that I said I didn't mind, so like... You know, this was a lighter week just in terms of, like, how many songs there were for me to talk about this episode, or chapter, I mean. But the quality was fucking there, man, and I, you, you love to see it, man. You just love to see fucking cool work being put out by so many great bands. And on the subject of great bands, let me get into the one remaining record that I have to talk about on this chapter. And I don't know how long this, this will take. Um, because I feel like I have a lot to say, but I also do not think everything I want to say can possibly come to my brain right now in this moment that I'm recording this chapter. Um, this is a big one. This is one of the most anticipated records of the entire year, and that has been the case since 2018. Like, um, and I'll get more in depth on like what I mean by that in a minute. I'll, I'll just go ahead and get right into the record itself and bring it out. Welcome to Harwood, The Silver Scream 2 by Ice Nine Kills. So let's set the stage for just a moment. Let's be theatrical the way that Ice Nine Kills would want us to. Uh, so this band put out a record back in 2015 called Every Trick in the Book. And each song on there was based off of a different novel. They took that concept and just changed it from novels to horror movies for The Silver Scream back in 2018. The success of The Silver Scream made it very apparent that this was kind of Ice Nine Kills calling. This is what they were meant to do. Not just like chase this kind of theatrical metalcore sound, but the themes of horror being intertwined in everything that they do, that was a necessary part of their act. And, you know, that does bring forth like a lot of different opinions about the band and the belief some people have of like, they're too gimmicky or they're just an act. And, 
like to that i say like are they a gimmick sure let's say that they're a gimmick they're also a cool fucking gimmick and they're people who really really believe in what they're doing and they understand that gimmick better than some fucking bands understand just their plain old ass identities and that's just me keeping it a stack with you you can come after Ice Nine Kills from a couple different angles. You can say they're too gimmicky. You can say that, you know, the horror stuff, it's like way too over the top. Whatever. If that's your opinion, fine. You know, it's your opinion. There are a lot of other things about this band that I think are kind of, like, inarguable. Is that a word, inarguable? I don't fucking know, man, but I'm not going to go back and edit this out. Uh, inarguable. Let's just run with that. Uh, some of those being the talent of everybody involved. Like, just the sheer musicianship on the part of everybody shown here, from Spencer and, and Ricky and everybody else involved with Ice Nine Kills. These guys, like, they're fucking good. They are good at everything that they do, from the songwriting to just the ideas that they incorporate, from the actual execution of everything that they bring to, not just, like, Welcome to Harwood, but everything else that they've done prior. This is a band that is made up of some of the best fucking musicians you can find in any goddamn music scene in the world right now. That is something that I don't believe you can take away from Ice Nine Kills. I also think you can't take away the amount of fun that Ice Nine Kills are having doing the kind of shit that they're doing because you're like, let's just single out Spencer Charnas for right now. Spencer is able to take a lot of films that he's very passionate about and just write songs about them. Like, do you understand how fucking cool that is to be able to take two of your passions, hobbies, interests, whatever you want to call them, and morph them together, like, to, to further a career that you've chosen? Like, do, do you know, like, if I was a musician, how many fucking records I would try putting out that have to do with anime? Like, that is like a literal dream. And for Spencer and the rest of Ice Nine Kills to, to be able to live that, like, these guys are like I said, they're having fun and they're able to put themselves like near the top of the entire metalcore scene by just doing what they love. And it's really, really beautiful to see, honestly, like just guys enjoying what they do. That's fucking awesome. And like I said earlier, every song on Welcome to Harwood is based off of a different horror film throughout history and all of time, whatever. Uh, I'll go through right now the list of like what songs are about what movies so the two opening tracks opening night and welcome to harwood they're not really about uh horror movies they're kind of like about just the record itself a rash decision is about cabin fever assault and batteries is about child's play the shower scene is about psycho funeral derangements is about pet cemetery rainy day is about resident evil hit to be scared is about american psycho take your pick is about my bloody valentine the box is about hellraiser Fly is about The Fly, Worst Vacation is about Hostel, Ex Mortis is about The Evil Dead, and Farewell to Flesh is about Candyman. So there's definitely a wide array covered there. Um, the, the, the actual lead up to the record, it started back in July with, actually, let me say this real quick, I did not realize at one point ever throughout the duration of the time that I've spent covering I Sign Kills on this show, that they were dropping singles on the 9th of every month. I knew that they were doing that beforehand with like their fucking merch drops or whatever was happening, but I, I never realized that was the actual like, you know, marketing strategy and album rollout used for Welcome to Harwood. That is like, that goes back to what I said earlier about Ice Nine Kills understanding the gimmick and just fucking living it, dude. That was like such a cool move that somehow just went right over my head. 
But back to my original point, I feel like the singles rollout was very, very well done because it showed like glimpses of what the overall direction of Welcome to Horrorwood was going to be without like really, really spoiling any of the cool surprise factors in uh, the rest of the album. And that's one of the advantages of making a concept or sort of a concept record like this is that every song, because it ties into a different film with like different aesthetics to all of those movies. Every song is going to have its own unique quirk that makes it completely distinguishable from everything else on the record. So, like, Hit to Be Scared having that, like, uh, um, like that old, like, sort of new wave synth pop, uh, like, bridge in it, that is because of that one scene in American Psycho, uh, where, uh, Bateman kills, uh, Paul. That, why? His fucking name is in the song. Why did I blank on that? Uh, you know, that's why that part is there. Um, with Assault and Battery is like the intro with like the stuff about the, the, the doll and then like the, um, like the, I'll be watching over you. That part, like, it's because it's about child's play. And, and so I guess in that sense, one of the challenges I would imagine this band was faced with, with not only Welcome to Harwood, but also the Silver Scream and every trick in the book is having songs with like connecting threads despite all of them being about different source material. Like, how do you make a song about American Psycho somehow connect to a song about Hostel? You know, I don't have the answer to that, but Ice Nine Kills clearly fucking did because they were able to achieve that. And so nothing about the singles rollout spoiled any of the cool little moments in the other songs and... Like that again is one of the advantages to having a song or having an album with so many different layers attached to it that again on the surface don't connect to each other in any way. So like with, um, Worst Vacation, there's a part right before the second chorus where you can hear a voice that resembles Natalia from Hostel, uh, give the line from the movie and that make you my bitch. I think something that people who are after like that heavy metalcore sound can appreciate about Welcome to Harwood is how, like, not compromise any of the material here is. Some of these moments are, like, legitimately the heaviest of Ice Nine Kill's careers. Um, you know, I look at Take Your Pick, which features Corpse Grinder from Cannibal Corpse. So, actually, that gives me a chance to kind of, like, talk about this real quick. There is, like, this sense of, like, elitism within the metal community. And they, I, I don't want to say largely because that's kind of an assumption, but... A lot of what I've seen come from that side of the internet, they have it out for Ice Nine Kills, man. They do not like this band. I There was somebody, maybe it was the vocalist, maybe it was somebody else, but someone from the Black Dahlia Murder, like, just went in on Ice Nine Kills on Twitter, like, a year ago or close to a year ago, and I feel like that kind of spreads throughout the entire metal community, like I said. Uh, so for Corpse Grinder to be on Ice Nine Kills... That's just, like, really, really fucking funny to me and ironic, considering, like, the scene that he comes from and how... Uh, I'm not going to go to, like, Reddit or any other sector of the internet to find, like, what people who are not into Ice Nine Kills but are into metal are saying about Take Your Pick, but I would just imagine the discourse around it is, like, kind of funny and maybe entertaining. Um, but, like, look at a song like that, and it's like, okay, it's got Corpse Grinder on it. You immediately know what's going to sound like. That song fucking goes, dude. That shit is gnarly as fuck. And then so many, of the, so many of the other songs like retain all of that heaviness that makes Ice Nine Kills one of the most prominent bands in metalcore. 
the title track welcome to horrorwood like that just that's fast paced as fuck dude like you're not given any sort of time to catch your breath even like when some of the more melodic sections come in it's still just like go 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 um the uh what was the other one i was thinking about oh worst vacation worst vacation is a fucking just a whirlwind of a track man i already said that one's about hostile uh there is some really really fun lyricism on worst vacation i'm gonna go ahead and pull it up just so i can like read it verbatim and not uh like butcher anything uh so there's like a bunch of um just like little nods to the film itself um like the german train station intro um the hook being uh Einsway three die. I believe I'm saying that correctly. Um, where's that one part that's fucking dope? Uh, it's like right before a breakdown. Um, God. Oh, okay. So here we go. Um, torch a face, mutilate, slice and dice a heel, ditch the gag, no white flag. Let me hear you squeal. Grab the drill, grab the axe. The fun has just begun. I'm going old school. A gun is too American. And when when Spencer said a gun is too American, that like like i'm like bro this is fucking crazy and just this goes back to what i said earlier about the amount of fun that the members of ice and kills are having like that is so infectious and it resonates through you know your headphones speakers whatever you're listening to this album on the features are so like varied and the diversity on this record when it comes to those features i think is fucking stellar so they, they all come in a row from tracks 8 through 11 uh, you had the lead single, Hope to Be Scared, which has Jacoby Shaddix from Papa Roach on it. Uh, his feature, it's not so much like a feature as much as it's just a cameo, because he plays the role of Paul when they're reenacting that scene from American Psycho. Um, I just talked about Corpse Grinder on Take Your Pick. That dude just, like, he and Spencer going back and forth is one of the coolest things on the whole record. Um, the box is really, really interesting. It features Brandon Soller from Atreyu and Ryan Kirby from Fit for a King. So, like, that's a, like, a three-way partnership that I wouldn't have ever, like, imagined or, like, been able to put on paper, but hearing the finished product, it is fucking sick, man. I really, really love the box. And then Fly, which features Buddy Nielsen from Senses Fail. Um, that one, so the intro comes in for Fly, and it's a little bit deceiving in the sense of, like, I'm like, is this gonna be a pop-punk song? Is that the direction it's going in? And I wouldn't say it goes into pop punk whatsoever. It's very much so still a metalcore song. But the way that the melody comes in in the chorus, it's kind of different from some of the other melodies that you would find on Welcome to Harwood. Um, so I think that's a song that's like kind of carried not so much by its heaviness, but just by how catchy it can be. Uh, and the same thing applies to the shower scene. The shower scene's chorus is one of the best this band has ever written. I like legit the first time it came in my fucking jaw dropped man i'm not exaggerating like i was so taken aback like taken aback while also coming into this record knowing full well that i sign kills are this amazing band yet they're still able to incorporate these moments into their records that catch me like a, a like a a well-versed fan off guard and i really really admire that about this band and they're like con continuing um like, like the continued proof that they're just getting better and better with each record. Um, Ex Mortis. So I had this ranked as number one in Scenic Overlook last week. And there's a big part of me that still stand, still stands by that. Uh, but then there's also a part of me that's like, I've really, really been fucking with Fly and Worst Vacation the last couple of days, like immensely. Um, so Ex Mortis. I wanted to say this about this track, but I think 
it can apply to the whole record if I really, really thought about it. So with Ex Mortis, I feel like there are three records I've listened to before that you can kind of put together and understand that like this is some kind of a amalgamation of those records. Um, the first being The Silver Scream by Sign Kills, no shit. Uh, the Black Parade by My Chemical Romance and Avenged Sevenfold self-titled. And I think what I mean by that is, so you have like the themes of The Silver Scream here. You have the theatrical effects of Black Parade and in the sense of like Ex Mortis, it has like this, like, like a swing feel to it. Um, and I don't really know how else to describe it, but it's just like, like a Broadway show tunes kind of thing going for it. And that sort of like opera feel to it, I would like relate so heavily to the Black Parade. And then with Avenged Sevenfold, um, that self-titled record that they made in 2007, it brings in a lot of elements outside of metal. So like, um, you know, Little Piece of Heaven is like this kind of like symphony sort of, um, malevolent song. Um, there's, I'm struggling to remember some of the other ones, but like they bring in a lot of like string sections. They bring in some horns and brass. Um, that is kind of what happens with Ex Mortis. It sounds like this giant production. And I think like that is kind of one of the things that made me appreciate this song so much compared to everything else initially on the first listen and maybe the second and third back on Friday. Uh, Ex Mortis just kind of feels like I sign kills thinking like, okay, how many like, Things that are not similar to us can we bring in to make Ex Mortis the like grand fucking spectacle that it should be, and I think they achieve that like easily, dude. Like just over the fucking top with Ex Mortis. Um, Farewell to Flesh, the closer. I do not know if this is considered a hot take. Maybe it is. Maybe it's not. I really don't care either way. I think Farewell to Flesh is a better closer than it is the end. And I say that having all of the respect in the world for It Is The End and the way that song is able to capture the feel of it and everything that it does. Farewell to Flesh. Uh, so it's about Candyman. And, you know, a lot of the lyrics just relate back to that song. Um, I think Farewell to Flesh, it, there was an interview that Spencer did and he said it was like the most difficult song to write because they couldn't really like come up with a chorus. And I, I'm interested in hearing what the rest of those like, like, um, prototype choruses sounded like because what they came up with for the final version of farewell to flesh it is gnarly as fuck i really really love the chorus i think it's massive it has like that big stage production that the rest of the record does it's just one of the perfect like instances of ice nine kills being just that perfect in my opinion um and farewell to flesh i think it doesn't necessarily like take all the elements from welcome to harwood and wrap it into like this like finite closer that really really encapsulates what the whole record sounds like i think farewell to flesh stands out on its own but you know there's melody in it it's very heavy it does kind of like just bring the whole album full circle in a way and i just think that like coming out of welcome to harwood well actually rather let me say this first going into welcome to harwood i was expecting to hear a record that i was going to come on this show and have a lot of good things to say um, where I ended up, like, ultimately landing on Welcome to Harwood in terms of, like, how it compares to the rest of Ice Nine Kills' discography, I really, really didn't know where I was going to end up with it. Uh, because even though I loved all the singles, like, this is a band that had a lot to live up to coming off of the Silver Scream. And coming out of Welcome to Harwood, I actually do believe 
that this is better than Silver Scream. I think this is the best Ice Night Kills record they've ever made. I like hold this album in like such high regard and I really, really just think the world of it. And I feel like, um, so I mentioned the Avenged Sevenfold self-titled earlier. City of Evil by Avenged Sevenfold was the record that I believe changed my life. You know, I can go back to like Hybrid Theory uh, by Linkin Park or, um, what was the other one? Um, From Under the Cork Tree by Fallout Boy as being like pinnacles of my fandom, uh, Three Church of Street Revenge. And that's all true. City of Evil was the first time I listened to a record and I was like, I want to dedicate my life to this. Like, I want to have something to do with this industry for a living. I feel like if I was like 10 or 11, however old I was when I first heard City of Evil, if I was that age right now, that is the kind of effect that Welcome to Horrorwood would have on me. This is the album that would have solidified my fandom for music at such a young age if I was that age today. And I really hope that there is some young kid out there who feels that way about Welcome to Hartwood. I hope they're able to listen to this record and just fall in love with music the way that an album like City of Evil or the other ones I mentioned, Three Cheers, uh, take, uh, not Take to Your Grave, um, From Under the Court Tree, Hybrid Theory, the way that those albums made me fall in love with music, I really, really hope Welcome to Hartwood does that for someone who's just getting into the scene. Um, I, I don't want to say it like reinvigorates my love for music because I, I never fell out of love with music. I've clearly been coming on here for like the last nine, ten weeks, whatever it's been, and just talking your fucking ears off about music. But Welcome to Harwood is an album that I don't think I'll ever run out of things to say about it. Like, even wrapping up this review, I feel like I've only scratched the surface of what this album truly is. Um, I know there will be another time soon, probably in December, where I do get to come back to Welcome to Harwood on this show and just kind of like bring all of my new thoughts on it into the conversation because like there's truly not enough i can say about the outstanding effort put in by ice nine kills if you have not listened to this record yet i really really suggest just trying to get through it there's a lot of really really fun elements going on here a lot of shit that i think even if you're not like really fully into metalcore you can come to appreciate about welcome to Harwood and the journey that it takes you on i am in love with this record in a way that like I could only ever dream of being in love with something. And that's it. That was every album single from last week that I had to talk about uh, on this chapter. Um, so I believe this was the last light week in terms of like the quantity of the material that I have to talk about. I think every week from now on through like maybe November 26th or December 3rd, every week is just fucking packed and stacked and... Um, this is a shorter chapter. The next few weeks, they're gonna go long. I apologize for that ahead of time, but there's just way, way too much to cover in such a short amount of time like I am here. So, yeah, um, just get ready, I suppose, because it's going to get insanely busy for not just myself, but all of the scene for that matter. So, I'm gonna go ahead and sign off right now. Thank you for listening. I... Hope you enjoyed this chapter, and as always, for better or worse, let's make a scene.